Listener Production. Merry Christmas. Katrina Blower is here with you. What did you wake up to this morning? Apart from, you know, I'm sure Santa was very kind to you. But what do you have for breakfast? On Christmas Day, my family has a tradition of eating pavlova for breakfast. <laughs> We've done it for years. I'm not sure who introduced it. We never have pavlova for breakfast on any other day, but it is our family tradition to do that on Christmas Day. And looking around the world, which is what we're going to do today, there are some other traditions which are much weirder than that. Like, for example, did you know that in Japan, it's a thing to have KFC for your Christmas lunch? Now, let's talk all things weird Christmas foods with food and travel journalist Diana Hubble, who's written for The Guardian, Condé Nast Traveller, The Washington Post and even Playboy. Diana, welcome to the briefing. Humans are a weird lot. We love to tie traditions to eating. Why do you think Christmas has become so synonymous with food? Well, I think food is sort of universal human way of bringing people together. Uh, Almost every religious celebration, but also just familial celebration or celebration period seems to have some kind of drinking or eating component, certainly. And I mean, if you look at the evolution of Christmas traditions, especially um, coming out of a lot of uh, pagan and solstice traditions, uh, not in your hemisphere, but in ours, it's the darkest time of the year. It's a hard time of the year. And I think people want a reason to celebrate and congregate over. And there's something very comforting and fun about putting food at the center of that. Now, when you started looking at weird Christmas food traditions around the world, what was the very first one that got you thinking about this and and made you think, gosh, there's got to be something more to this? I lived in Asia for about five years, um, mostly based in Bangkok as a journalist. And Christmas is very much a secular celebration through much of that region. But it was really striking to me just how big of a deal it was. And I knew that Kentucky Fried Chicken (laughs) was very, very popular throughout Japan on Christmas, which as an American coming from the, you know, home of this fast food franchise, this struck me as very strange, but definitely made me want to learn more about that. Let's unpack that. How did that become such a big thing in Japan on Christmas Day? Was it a marketing push? Well, the funny thing about quite a few Christmas traditions, if you look into them, is that they originally were marketing pushes. Also some New Year's traditions, interestingly. But this one started in the 1970s when an entrepreneur named Takeshi Okawara was trying to get this sort of fast food behemoth to take off in Japan. And it wasn't really working until he dressed up for a bunch of children with the buckets of chicken in a Santa Claus costume. And it became a thing. They sell these party barrels, which have sort of an entire feast in them. So fried chicken, but also desserts and sides and and other sort of Western foods each year. And 3.6 million Japanese families buy them annually. So 
even though everyone knows that it sort of started as a commercial ploy, it's just become a fun thing that people do and come together over each year. I mean, everyone sort of talks about the food coma on Christmas afternoon or evening after you've had the lunch. I can only imagine what that would be like after (laughs) eating a party barrel of KFC. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, me too. I I can't say I personally have celebrated Christmas that way, but I can imagine you would want to take a nap afterwards. All right. So you've been looking at some other odd traditions around the world. Can you tell us about some of the the more peculiar ones? Well, the Christmas pickle really stuck out to me because I I also lived in Germany for a while and I never heard of the famous German Christmas pickle or the Weihnachtsgurke. And I thought I'd just been missing out on something because it it's absolutely a thing among German American families, uh, especially in sort of Pennsylvania and certain areas. Uh, they sell them, and I thought, "Wow, how did I, how did I just fully miss this?" And it turns out I missed it because it's not a thing in Germany. And actually, there are German language articles in Der Spiegel and other publications about how strange it is that Americans think that this idea of hanging a pickle in your tree is a German tradition. (laughs) And it it started, again, a marketing ploy from uh, Woolworths. So a chain store wanted to sell sort of a novelty Christmas ornament. Again, now it's a thing. 91% of people in Germany have apparently never heard of it. And the others are sort of bemused by it. Um, But I think... I don't know, there's something very cute and funny about it. In Central Europe, there's a tradition of having live carp in your bathroom. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that also surprised me. This is found in the Czech Republic, Poland and Slovakia mostly. And the reason that you do that is oftentimes uh, they're bottom-feeding fish, so they're sort of picking up a lot of the debris and less clean um, aspects one might find it near a riverbed. So the idea is that this sort of gives the fish time to filter that out of its system and that it will taste better when you eat it. But it seems like an awful lot of uh, work to make a fish soup or an aspic, but apparently families do still do this. And here in Australia, of course, lots of kids leave out milk and biscuits or cookies for Santa Claus, but kids in other countries do different things. Can you tell us about what you've discovered there? I have a question for you, actually. I had read somewhere that some Australians leave beer out. Is that real or is that a myth? It's usually whatever the dad of the house or even the mum of the house likes to drink. So, you know, we used to leave out whiskey, but we also leave out carrots for the reindeers. Oh, that's very whiskey and carrots. That's actually very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) My personal favorite is, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, um, but Riesenkod or rice pudding in Denmark. If you don't leave out this rice pudding, then these sort of folkloric elvish creatures will cause mischief in your life and and problems. 
So it's a little bit, um, you leave milk and cookies out for Santa mostly to be nice, but there's a little element of danger to it if you don't. Now, quite a few Australians take after the UK and eat cheese and fruit cake together, which which I've never tried, but I do I do like that sort of mixture of, um, say, for example, salt and chocolate, like that goes well together. Um, but how did that tradition come about, the cheese and the fruitcake? So no one quite knows how this came about, but most food historians believe it started around the Victorian era in England. Some people believe that it started around Yorkshire, which is particularly proud of some of its cheeses, which pair well with fruitcake. But no one, no one knows who first had the idea. Personally, I think it's kind of brilliant in terms of, as you say, the the sweet savory combination. And if you look at like dense fig breads or other sort of confections, um, which might appear on a cheese board in other cultures, it does not seem that far fetched to me at all. And uh, I may try it this year. And Diana, finally, I don't think we can finish this chat without finding out what you're going to have as your Christmas feast. What's on the menu? Oh, that varies every year. Uh, I am the one who cooks it in my family. And I think the most memorable one is I made a I made a goose after the tradition and also because my family always watches a Muppet's Christmas Carol. And uh, it's a lot of work to make a goose, but it is very delicious. That sounds like heaps of work. But then, of course, you can have the goose fat potatoes, which are my favorite thing to eat in the entire universe. Oh, the the fat is the best part. Like you can, everything you cook in it is amazing. That was Diana Hubble, who is a food journalist for various publications, including The Guardian and Condé Nast Traveller. And I hope you and your loved ones are going to have a great Christmas feast, whatever you're doing. It might involve some KFC, it might involve some carp in the bathtub, but no judgment from over here at The Briefing. Have a great day. Listener.